<laughs> this is Jordan. This is Jeff. And we are the ADM Shift. What's up? We're getting used to this guy. Yeah, this, no, this whole introing thing. We the <laughs> the thought of people wanting to actually know who we are still boggles our mind. Yeah, I totally gave Joe a cue just now and he just looked at me and I'm like, Oh I get it. Like, yeah, I was like, What the hell are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> but yes, I'm yes. Joe. Um, That's Jordan. What's on our minds? So right now we have an excellent interview with two colleagues of ours, yep, yep. friends of ours, who um, get a chance to talk about the docu-series on Netflix, which we have been really excited to watch and discuss, Wild Wild Country. Oh, yeah. Um, in addition to that, I guess we'll start this conversation off with just general banter on the news, and then we'll get right into, I guess, like the the actual... Um, I guess the meat of Wild Wild Country. There you go. You know, so I feel like we're in Wild Wild Country right now. Are, are we? <laughs> Just like in general. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize Brooklyn was a, a an analogous to Wasco County, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> but, but hey, Bushwick is changing. You know, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Bushwick is changing. Uh, I heard they're gonna start calling a uh, Bushwick antelope. <laughs> Yikes. Ugh. You know, they're starting to dress like that on the G train or L train. So, anywho, anywho, I feel like people like outside of New York who like may listen to this podcast and they're like, "What's so bad?" And then I, I take the G train, <laughs> and then you know what we're talking about. <laughs> Just walk down Metropolitan Avenue, and you'll see. Yikes! You'll see bunch of bunch of shitbird liberals <laughs> and, their, and their frayed bottom pants. Oh boy! <laughs> down for hot yoga. I feel like you're going down a, a, a dark hole right now, Jordan. <laughs> nah, um, so there's a lot that's been happening this week. I don't know how much. I don't know how much you want to talk about the week. I mean, I've I've been probably reading too much news, largely because I'm on social media feeds all the time. Right. Um, I've I read I read a great interview with. Method Man and the Daily Beast. I was reading that. You sent that to me. And I think one of the joys of that article was that uh, Marlo Stern, the writer, is like, tell, he, he tells Method Man, the first time I saw you in a movie was in Copland. And I was like, yo, yeah. Joe has to read this. <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> Brought tear to my eye. <laughs> Throwing a guy off a roof. Uh, <laughs> Peter Berger. <laughs> Peter Berger. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> I forgot that that was Peter Berg. He's throwing the tray. <laughs> oh, boy. Did, did you read what he said about Peter Berg? <laughs> uh, I did. I don't remember, though. What did he say? So, basically, Peter Berg tried to call him back just like, to have a conversation with him. And right. at the time, Method Man was like, he, he, I guess, was full of himself and just didn't return phone calls. Right. And then the guy like never talked to him again. <laughs> so Peter Berg did a bunch of movies and now Method Man was like, yo, my bad. My, my series that I'm sorry. He's like, he's like apologizing. He's to like, Peter. yo, get at me. Peter. <laughs> you know, and mind you, Peter Berg does, uh, the type of movies that Joe and I like, but also <laughs> guys in Howard beach, Staten Island and Mill Basin probably really love. <laughs> You know. It's funny because it's like I'm very like. But thank you, Peter Berg. Thank you, Peter. And thank you, Method Man. <laughs> I'm very like. I think Peter Berg is a little hit and miss. Like, 
that Battleship movie is god awful. <laughs> like, I, I can't. But I watched uh, Deepwater Horizon, man, and I was like, this is pretty damn good. <laughs> Builds tension really well. Like, you want to punch Mark Wahlberg in the face just because he's Mark Wahlberg. But it was good. Like, Gino Rodriguez is really. And actually, Kurt Russell's awesome in it. I was watching yeah, the it. Kurt, the comeback that Kurt Russell has made in the last like four or five years has been. That's, man, my love for Kurt Russell <laughs> knows no bounds. Well, it, well, <laughs> it's funny too because, I mean, in a lot of ways, like Kurt Russell or I, the, the guys that you see now, like like Mark Wahlberg, Jeremy Renner, right. they occupy the space that Kurt Russell, Arnold Schwarzenegger, St- Sylvester Stallone, right. Clint Eastwood occupied right. before that. You know? It's funny because it's like it's weird if you look at it because like guys like Jeremy Renner, right? Like I feel like in the eighties, he like could have been a superstar, right? Because like if you think about it, like Schwarzenegger, Stallone, like those they were like mega stars in the eighties, and now those guys that do those type of movies, you know, you know them. You're like, oh, I like that guy, but like it's you know he's not gonna be you know uh, I don't know who's who's a superstar now. Tell me, Jim. I think Mark Wahlberg would be a, definitely. A, a yeah, yeah, Mark Wahlberg's definitely a superstar, but Mark Wahlberg has never done anything close to as good as. Uh, Kurt Russell. I, I, that's actually a lie because Boogie Nights is amazing. But uh, but that's more. Yeah, and Four Brothers, man. What are you talking about? All right, pump the brakes, John. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the the thing with like with <laughs> Boogie Nights is that's Paul Thomas Anderson. That's not. <laughs> See, you coming at me with Four Brothers? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh, I'm just saying, like, no, you know, nobody, you know, look at what Schwarzenegger did in the 80s, man. Schwarzenegger was... Max a, Payne. Ugh. Max Payne. I'm just distracting. I'm just I'm just sending you, like, distractions right now to, to fuck up your train of thought. <laughs> sure. No, nah, but no, you're yeah, right. I saw yeah. Max Payne in uh, the Sony screening room, like, the private screening room. And I came out and wanted to ask somebody for my money back. And it was a free screening. I was just like, you, this is my time, guys. Like, why did I watch that movie? <laughs> no, but I I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, I I I think what you're alluding to is that some of these guys did like legit. Like, I'm were, just saying they were able to become like mega stars. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like we're working on like, you know, like uh, Kurt Russell came up doing. I guess Kurt Russell never reached the heights of like Stallone or uh, Schwarzenegger, but he definitely had his cult following through the John Carpenter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Filmology or whatever you want. Yeah, Filmography. Kurt Russell's interesting though because um, he grew up as an as the son of an actor. Yeah, you know. So I think what's most interesting about Kurt Russell is that he, you know, he wasn't like you know, he wasn't like long, he wasn't like a guy that had had um, firsthand experience as like like you know a marine or a special forces right. guy, right? But he you always think played, he did, though. Right, right, right. <laughs> but like he played characters that were always like you know special forces, right? You know? Like I mean, that was a product of like the Reagan era, though. Yeah, which you know we will get to. We're gonna get into that another, another episode another. about the uh, dystopian slash like uh, dystopian slash uh, patriotic elements of a lot of the media at the time in the 1980s, right? Yes, but Jordan's favorite movie, oh, Red Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you know what you gotta see if you haven't seen them. So, uh, when Guardians of the Galaxy was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Two was coming out, Kurt Russell's in it, and it was it was another Kurt Russell film that I'm 
blanking on, but uh, they were showing these old commercials that Kurt Russell was in as a kid. Right. And it's great because it's like for like old BB guns and right. stuff. And I'm like, of course, Kurt Russell is in like BB gun commercials. And he's got like this like army crew cut, but like, yeah. and he's it, and he's like small, but like still has that like Kurt Russell jaw. It's I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's funny how he kind of was raised on that. And he's also a libertarian in real life, too, right. which is interesting. But yeah, it, it just it always found it interesting that the most interesting was that he he really never like he was just really great at uh, um, embodying those roles, even though he wasn't really you know like that in real life. Yeah, but he know? went in like hard, man. It was yeah. just like yeah, like Snake Plissken, Snake Plissken, Snake Plissken. <laughs> uh, and he did Soldier, <laughs> which oddly enough, Soldier is supposed to be like. Nobody knows this because the movie sucked and no one cared. But technically, it's supposed to like inhabit the same world as Blade Runner, the the writer of Blade Runner. Really? Yeah, the writer of Blade Runner wrote Soldier, and like technically, that's supposed to be like the same universe, uh, which is like just crazy to think about that that movie has some kind of connection to Blade Runner. Yeah, I've never watched Soldier, and now I'm curious about it. It's pretty bad. I remember like being hyped as a kid, you know, Kurt Russell. I grew up watching Kurt Russell. I was like, this is going to be the greatest movie ever. Kurt Russell's playing a super soldier. And I just watched it like, this sucks. As a kid, and I was like, it, it's like kind of boring one and really makes no sense. And Kurt Russell probably says like four lines in the movie. And if one thing you want in a Kurt Russell movie is him delivering lines. He's, right, you know, right. He, the man's one of the best. Right. So, um, Only the strongest. It's one of the reasons why Death Proof is so great. Only the strongest. Only the strongest. Only the strongest. <laughs> anyway. Only that's... the strongest libertarian. <laughs> uh, just to get back to my point. So it's like, um, I, we're in this, we're in this world now and I guess rightfully so because like we kind of like, you know, got ourselves to this point but like those sort of like mega, mega action stars aren't going to really I feel like they can't really exist anymore. Because, like, Mark Wahlberg's an action star, but, like, he makes crap. And he's also in, like, I don't know. I feel like the guy has not really made, like, a classic action movie, like a Terminator or Commando. Yeah, that, yeah You yeah. know, like, <laughs> he's just kind of like, you know Mark Wahlberg because he does action movies. But I, I like how you went from Terminator to Commando. But hey, listen. Don't not commando. Yeah, I, I, won't, I won't. No, I know. I know exactly what you mean. I know. Yeah, exactly, I know. So, I know what you mean. Where it's like, right. like he does like this kind of bracket of, um, you know, I guess we could call them patriotic movies, but they're you know like it's 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 kind of the stuff that we predicated some of eight AM shift onto, <laughs> right. you know, like, um, you know, like you know movies that, um, validate, you know, honor, loyalty, respect, respect. and family, you know, <laughs> honor, courage, and commitment, um. um Loyalty, duty, respect, self-service, honor, integrity, oh, personal courage. Oh, he's going off now. I, yeah, I, I, have just named, I have to switch him off. Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I just named the seven, the seven, the seven U.S. Army principles or values, right? Um, uh, but but yeah, like that's what he does now, and that's why it's like he's always like either like a U.S. Navy SEAL or he's a you know a hardworking you know union guy on a on a <laughs> on a, on an oil rig that explodes. Yeah. It's funny because. Uh, <laughs> And now that I'm thinking about it, like he's he's been in some movies that I really like, but none of them are like the movies that people know him for for the most part. So it's like uh, he's in this great James Gray movie called um, 
the yards, right? Awesome movie, kind of like union guy. But he's not even the lead. Joaquin Phoenix is the lead. Um, there was another one that popped up in my head. But uh, so, but I feel like the movies he's in that that I I like aren't really like his movies. You know, you know. Yeah, what I'm yeah. Like the movies that are like his vehicles, I pretty much hate them all, dude. <laughs> like I can't, I can't, I can't get with it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Whereas like The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, I feel. He makes schlock, but like he makes schlock, but he's but, fun. In but it. it's fun. He's fun in everything, and he also kind of has like that that like overtone or undertone, depending on how you want right. to describe it. Of you know, hardened guy that you know is always there to like show up to the cause. Um, but they like approach it differently. They approach it differently, and the thing is too is like let's be frank, like The Rock could reasonably do movies like that. Right. But the thing is that a lot of the movies that Mark Wahlberg stars in, they're kind of. The reality is that they're kind of lean towards it having to ha- having to have like a white male lead in a lot of them, and it's not. A, and it's like you know he does a lot of like for, for part of it's historical accuracy, but also it's just like it just tends to go that way for those type of movies, anyways. I mean, it shouldn't. And <laughs> I mean, <laughs> in a rock. oh yeah, I'm not saying it's like no. it's 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 morally right, but it's sometimes I'm like you know like. He's like an uber Republican, and he does movies that he you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. That yeah. they want a white guy in a role, so that's yeah. why he does it. But yeah. I mean, he kind of he's kind of the same in most movies. Like, uh, he's about Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg, right? Wahlberg. Yeah, I mean, The Rock's the same. In yeah, Rock's also too. like an Uber Republican, but, isn't he? Is he? I don't know. I think he's a, he's a Republican. Oh yeah, exciting. God bless you. That. God bless you, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Jordan, you're we're losing our fan base. <laughs> uh, uh, Oh, I didn't realize that actually. See, I need to get up on my Dwayne Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, I don't know if he's an research. Uber Republican. He's more like a like a Schwarzenegger Republican. I mean, he definitely does those like you know gung ho like yeah. Movies. But he also you know like he's usually got like a dinosaur or something chasing him. Like I don't. Know. <laughs> he's got Kevin Hart by his side most of the time. You and know? Kevin Hart's with him, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but even even like take take uh, Dwayne Johnson, right? Mega star, right? But. None of his movies, for the most part, like, say, 20 years from now, people are going to be like, yo, that was an action classic. It's just like the times have changed. Like, you can still be that star, and I guess good for them. They're going to make the money they want to make. But their movies aren't going to necessarily stand the test of time. Like, I haven't really seen The Rock do... Well, there's the... The The Rock's never made a Terminator. You know what I'm saying? The Rock has never... I will say that maybe for the Fast and Furious series, though, they might be his... Listen. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, so Fast and Furious is very weird, like, the way I hated the probably, like, the first four of those movies, right? Couldn't stand them. Then when five and I think six came out... They just really stopped taking themselves seriously, and I kind of was like, all right, you know, like, I can get in... Like it's they're fun. Like I can watch yeah, them. Yeah. But the in the end, still not going to be classics. I'm, I'm sorry. In my opinion, uh, that's a tough one though, man. Dude, none of them could hold up the way you know. Um, like think about the Predator, dude. Like the Predator is gonna is gonna be an action classic forever, right? Uh, I don't know if I don't know if those movies are gonna hold up. Obviously, they're gonna be around because like movies don't disappear, but they're just not gonna be held in the same regard as those movies. If I'm making any sense, no, I know it could just be me being like you know like an '80s. No, kid. I know, I know what you mean. I think, um, the, well, the funny thing about Predator though, 
that's a that's kind of a weird analogy to come to think of it because like fa- the Fast and Furious series was kind of founded on a lot of schlock though. You know, it, it was it was, but they they approached it very differently. Yeah. Like it, it was like they knew what they were doing. They were like, we're gonna make these like you know, yeah, corny car movies, but they weren't like jumping cars through buildings. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, that, like, yeah. Now that, 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 yeah, that. they stopped <laughs> taking themselves seriously yeah. as soon as like they were like dropping cars from airplanes. I was like, all right, now yeah, like yeah. they don't, you know, they're just yeah. like going in trying to top themselves with yeah. each movie. And, and to be honest, that even got tired because, like, but I guess the seventh one is the last one. I don't even know. Jesus, how can seventh. you get tired of cars being dropped out of helicopters? <laughs> but it's like, even by that point, you were kind of like, uh, do we need another one of these? I feel like five and six people were like, all right, like these are fun. And then after that, it was like, all right, we get it, you right? Know? So, right. and I'm just saying, it's like they critically, they're never gonna be as successful as those 80s movies that like some of these guys did to be honest even Schwarzenegger I mean uh, sorry even uh, Stallone never reached like the heights of Schwarzenegger Stallone has some action classics but I understand that some people may not consider these movies classics like to me like I love Cliffhanger Cliffhanger is not a classic for right, right. most people you know well it's funny because like 80s Stallone was had a little bit more, um, but even his '80s movies were never ex- as successful as uh, Schwarzenegger. He did he did some great, that's like, true, like Col- Rocky Four, right? <laughs> ah, Rocky Four. <laughs> There's no easy way out, Jordan. <laughs> uh, um, no, but yeah, if so, he dies, he dies. If he dies, <laughs> he dies. We're going. We're, sorry, guys. <laughs> we'll bring it back to Method Man eventually. Yes, we we will get back. Um, but you know he had stuff like Cobra. He had uh, Over the Top. Like some of these, like yeah, like that yeah. I like, but like will never be like classics, right? But Schwarzenegger had like full, yeah, yeah. I know, what Conan, you, I know what you mean. You know, uh, like I said, Predator, love Conan. the b- first two, ter- man, Conan's the best. Yo, Even Conan's Conan the Destroyer. Oh hell not yeah, a great I love movie. Conan I the love Destroyer. It. What are you talking about? <laughs> Yo, which that was the one where he um he's crucified and he's got to like eat a, a vulture that's like picking away at him. It's one of my favorite scenes ever. He's like, like <laughs> Uh, we need to do like an all Schwarzenegger episode. <laughs> um, anyway, I feel like this sort of the time of that type of like action star uh, is kind of gone for the most part. But, you know, like kind of rightfully so, I guess, you know. You think Chris Pratt might have a shot at it? But see, like I feel like Chris Pratt's going down the same road as like a Mark Wahlberg. Like he's going to He's do- way funnier though. All of his movies have like hey, this. I'll, I'll take Chris Pratt. A million times over <laughs> Mark Wahlberg, but uh, my friend, uh, I guess I'll leave him nameless now, but he hates Chris Pratt, hates Chris Pratt, so if he listens to this, he's going to send me, I know I'm going to get a message, but... Well, come at us, bro. Come <laughs> at us. Uh... I feel like he's sort of, the uh, the Guardians movies are going are gonna to become, uh, will be classics, right? Right, right. But... They kind of operate differently because it's not just his movie. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like a whole franchise. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's within that that Marvel realm. So, like, they're not necessarily his movies per se. Uh, I guess more Jurassic Park would kind of be like him and Bryce Dallas Howard, but like, but those movies I feel like kind of fall into the same uh, area as Mark Wahlberg. Like, they're gonna make tons of money, but. 20 years from now, nobody's going to look at Jurassic World and be like, yo, that's a classic. It also sucked. So <laughs> Yeah, and, and judging by the next trailer, we have another classic with 
I'm doing the bunny years right now <laughs> on our hands. It's funny with your, the, the new Jurassic World. What, 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 fallen World. Fallen World. Whatever, Fall, fallen. whatever stupid name they gave it. It does actually look intriguing. I'll tell you this. The di- really good director behind it. Right, right. But you can't you can't escape the script. Like it, it is it's gonna be what it is. <laughs> you right, know, you right. know? So I kinda I'm like part of me is like I like seeing that Jay Boyega, I believe his name is. Uh, uh, I'm i I'm gonna butcher his last name. But uh I like seeing that he's got this like big mega vehicle, like this sort of tempo film to sort of catapult him into that next level as a filmmaker. But it's also a Jurassic World movie, so I think what's funny is that Watching the trailer, it's like, yeah, let's bring the dinosaurs closer to us <laughs> yeah, again. Right. You know? It's like, did you not see Lost World, World people? Right. But it, it's funny you say that because, like, what you just said about um, those movies are going to enter Mark Wahlberg territory. I actually would say closer to, like, the, the Dwayne Johnson territory. Like, Dwayne Johnson could easily be in Jurassic World. Oh, hands here, down. Hands oh, down. Yeah, yeah. Hands down. I said, he always says dinosaurs. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ram- rampage, folks. Rampage. <laughs> and uh, like Journey to Santa. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, and Jumanji. Jumanji. You know, I'm not even going to lie, and I, I know I'll catch shit for this, man. I enjoyed Jumanji, man. His Jumanji. I enjoyed it, man. I thought, I thought they did a good job of linking it to the Robin Williams Jumanji film. And I, was, I had fun, man. I actually... It, it's not going to be, I keep, I feel like I'm saying classic a lot in this episode, <laughs> you know, but I had a good time with it, man. I, w- I would definitely tell people Netflix when it's on, check it out. I think, I think it's, I thought it was fun. Fair enough. So bringing this back to Method Man. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so Method Man has to do some reconciliation with Peter Berg. I could totally see like Method Man in like. Deepwater Horizon or something like that. Like, oh yeah, Method Man. What I love about like hip hop artists that entered acting, especially guys that were like hot in the '90s, a lot of them kind of entered this kind of like working class MC type of category. Yeah. So you see the with guys like Method Man, um, even is gonna sound Nas. Like, Nas, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like yo, like I mean, he makes music for guys that are stuck in the '90s sometimes, right? And then there's also, funny enough, I'm a huge fan of Styles P from The Locks. And he even did an interview where he kind of like was like, yeah, you know, I'm just like a like a like a like a dad, you know, or, you <laughs> right. know and I'm like a a guy that like you know he's kind of like a working class dude now. Like right. he works, I think, very closely with uh, this uh, this juice franchise, and you know he's the type of guy you imagine just dr- driving in a Denali, going <laughs> showing showing up to like you know autograph autographs or just like whatever business meeting he's got to do, <laughs> right, you know. Right. But um, yeah, Method Man, I. Yeah, he's totally the type of MC I want to see on the 8 a.m. shift, just waxing on his oh, that'd be great. amazing <laughs> career. You know, Meth, if you're out there and you're listening, yeah, right? Come on, man, we'll tell you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it was a it was an interesting interview. Uh, I thought they well, an interesting part was when they talk about the uh, the secret album. You know, the album that oh, what's, yeah. what's his face? Oh, the Martin Shirley album. Yeah, I, the I mean album. that. Um, he, hey, Marlo Stern did a great job, like diving deep into like. Uh, some of those early albums, some of which I really love. Like, I really love To Cal 2000, right? Right. And there was a Donald Trump skit on there. Yeah. You know, and then Meth doesn't really go deep on like... Yeah, he asks him like how you feel about it now yeah. and he's just kind of like, you know, at the time, you know, yeah, who knew? <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some gems in there. I guess to bring this back to Wild Wild Country. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, we could connect anything on yo, the any, Anything, show. anything. The I world mean, is a circle. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to become a flat earther. I think that's what's going to happen. Now. 
don't know where that you, came you, from. You, Bobby Ray, and uh, what's his <laughs> name that uh, that plays <laughs> uh, that plays on the Celtics. Anywho, so wild, wild country. I think we said we we had a deep conversation about it before, on a previous episode, right? You know, um, my thoughts and feelings about it haven't changed. Like I said, I think this is something that they should teach in a lot more history classes, more political science classes. I think I I, I, I was I don't know what the education system teaches in in that regard for that particular subject matter, right? But there's so many elements that you can extra- extrapolate from this, from Second Amendment rights. I feel to, like you can teach a whole like college course just on that, dude. Yeah, like on like what went down and like yeah. how everything was handled there. It's Absolutely. like crazy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I fe- I kind of feel similar to you. Like my thoughts didn't necessarily change on it, but it was like cool to like hear other people's, you know thoughts on like certain aspects of, or certain things that happened that went down and like sort of how we all <laughs> you know, right. approach it because like I'm kind of like you know not defending you know poisoning people or anything here but I'm kind of right, like, right. You know, well but, you know the thing is like um, Ma Nan Sheila like if you not only, just, not only in the documentary is she compelling to watch and, and listen right. if you if you go and like you know search her clips on YouTube they really are like some really compelling, like, like interviews. You know, right? She has like this "fuck you, pay me" mentality, or she's got like this. Whole oh yeah, and I, it never changed. And it never changes. Yeah, yeah. You know, but what's crazy is that um, she almost like, she almost has this element of being essentially like a populist. You know, right. and as much as you know, people like kind of like have this bad taste in their mouth, bad taste in their mouth over that word because of like. Or the honorable 45th president of the United States. <laughs> you know, in some ways you think about it, if you need to rally up your constituency, you know, like it's a tactic that apparently works, you know, like she's like on the microphone screaming and like on in front of Billy Graham, like letting him know, like, right. you, know, you know, like, like, you know, what the deal is, like giving them the business, you know, and you could tell with the passion in her voice, like she means everything that she's saying. Yeah. She, you know, she, you know. anything she says, she's going to stick by. And she still does, obviously. Cause yeah. you know, that, do- the documentary, yeah. um, most of her interviews, you know, is current, right? Yeah. And she, she, she didn't change her idea, her mind about anything that went down yeah. in, you know, 81 to 85 or whatever happened. And it's funny because it's like, and we, we've mentioned this, like how the documentary ne- never really like picks a side, which is a good thing. Um, and you see some of the crazy stuff that happened and some of the stuff she did, which is, you know, pretty bad and I don't condone it in any way, but it's like by the end of the documentary, you're kind of like, could, do I think she's a bad person? Like, I don't know. Like, it's it's really weird. It like brings out some weird feelings. You're just kind of like, you, you see some of the actions she took, but you still kind of kind of want to side with her a little bit so i don't know well i mean it, it's it, it to me it is also reminiscent of like the classic storyline right of okay you create a villain but what's like the situation that creates the villain right right uh, uh, i swear to god i thought you were about to go into like a dark knight joker monologue here <laughs> or or the harvey <laughs> the harvey dent monologue you live long enough to become the villain <laughs> yeah, the messed up thing is that like all that is kind of true um you know what Maybe around the time of the ten year release of The Dark Knight, we'll do a whole Dark Knight. Oh man. Oh man. That's gonna be like a two hour it's gonna be like two parter. Oh yeah, I watched it not that long ago too, just because 
I had like a day I was alone. I was like, I'm watching The Dark Knight. Yeah, I have it somewhere in my iTunes. I'm like ready to watch it again now. Anywho. I'm like thinking about stay it. Stay on like, top. Man, I could really watch that right now. Uh, 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 um, but yeah, yeah, like I like, well, you know, like Godfather 1, Godfather 2, right? Right. You, you know, you know, uh, Vito Corleone's a dangerous man. How did he become a dangerous man? And you look at something like this in real life where it's like, this this really happened. This really affected people. Right. And, you know, there's also that side of you. If you think, look at it from a different perspective, like, if this is how these townspeople treated, like, other white people. Right. Imagine how they treated, like, how they treat, like, other non-Christian ethnic groups. Right. Yeah, you know, it makes you wonder sometimes. And people that, like, lived in the community and, like, never left, you know? Yeah. Like, and just kind of had to deal with the way they were being treated. Right. Man. You know, um, it makes you, I mean, it also makes, it also gives you insight into um, a lot of economics. You know, like I think the economic element of it too is that when you live in a town that doesn't have a lot of population and if you're able to like force population into it, it can upset the, the balance of voting. I, I, I cited last time that this reminded me like the almost like the inverse or opposite in some ways of gentrification, right? right? Like the attitudes and feelings are the same. We're like, oh man, there's people coming in, they're taking over. But politically, these people are like voting along very similar lines as the people that they're, you know, essentially like like out of displacing. Right, me. right. I was trying to think of the word. And as you're watching it, this is also, like I said, the almost like the inverse of it where they're not no one's really getting displaced they're just getting bought out yeah you know but people are getting bought out in some of these gentrifying neighborhoods here in new york city right it's true i mean i know a lot of people who you know i grew up with who now like live in florida or something right because also uh, a wonderful a wonderful a wonderful place <laughs> the oasis that is florida <laughs> the oasis that is florida <laughs> that doesn't have like troubled townies with uh issues related no. to uh firearms and uh <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, I'm not gonna go into it. <laughs> You're leaving Florida. It's getting really dark. I know. Um, yeah. So that's that's the reason I was really intrigued by this because there are so many shades of all these things that you could, you could spin so many different conversations around around right. this, like the simple economic factor, the political voting power, um, population. I mean, even here in New York, like what people don't realize is that in this, you know, in the 70s, like in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, part of the reason why the city got to fell into a state of disrepair was because there was less population, right? Right, which means there were less. There was a less, uh, a much smaller, uh, like tax base, if you right. will. So all those amenities that you have now, right, like, you know, for for local taxes, you know, was dramatically less because there were less people. And on top of that, there weren't as many high wage jobs. Well, that that's also debatable too. But there were probably less high wage jobs back then than there are, there are now. Right. And now you have people like you know not paying high taxes and on top of that like you know there's less social services or amenities right yeah. and you look at a at something like uh wasco county it's like they had like not as many people living there lots of farmland dead space right and then the sannyasins essentially like all migrate there and even though they're not really like paying the, the, the tax base is like considerably different the fact that there's more of them in population right. sways the voting which could and essentially, in effect, sways the government. Right. You know, do I think they were a bit aggressive at certain times? Absolutely. I absolutely think there was a greater middle ground that needed to be reached. But I also think uh, there was a, a lack of enforcement on, like, the, um, like 
from the the, the, the state institutions. Right. I should have looked into this. And I don't want to get too far into it here because we have the our interview, and um, you know, I, yeah. I think that's it'll. You can get everything you need there. Uh, I, I guess I should say that if you haven't seen Wild Wild Country, we are going to be talking about it in this interview yes, coming yes. up. So if you, I mean. It happened in 1981 to 1985, so even though you're going to hear us speak about stuff, it's still worth watching, even if you know. Because I actually knew, not from, I had heard a lot from people who had, who had watched Wild Wild Country before me, and so I knew about like certain things that were going to happen, and it was still like riveting throughout like when I was watching it. So, uh, anyway. Yep. I uh, hope you guys enjoy this uh, interview. Yep. Hey Shifters, this is Chloe from the Things I Learned in Therapy podcast. Before we jump into the interview with me, Joe, and Jordan, I want to uh, tell you guys about my podcast. And uh, it's a show with me and my co-host, Bree. We are two queer Brooklyn femmes trying to figure out love, life, and our messy, sometimes gross feelings. Um, You can find us at Tilt Podcast on Facebook and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Okay, so we're here with two guests who both watched Wild Wild Country on Netflix. I'm Annie Malamet. I'm an educator slash artist. <laughs> and uh, I'm Chloe, uh, Chloe Borison to be formal. I, um, I'm a graphic designer and uh, a beginner drag king uh, Those and also a, an amateur podcaster, so... That's what's brought me here today. Awesome. <laughs> what's the name of your podcast? Let the listeners know so right. they can follow you as well. It is Things I Learned in Therapy. It is on Apple Podcast. Uh, we're at Tilt Podcast on Facebook. And you can also find my drag account if you want to show up. Got a few shows coming. Oh, um, nice. It's at Smolder and Skull. That's a S-M-O-U-L-D-E-R. Named after some TV greats. Uh, Foxy Smolder and Danny Skull. That's our <laughs> stage names. <laughs> nice. That's, that's, awesome. that's incredible. Thank that's you. incredible. All right. So, so what what are we here for? Yeah. Joey? What do we? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I want to hear from them. Well, hear from we'll them. let's tell the list. We're here to we're here to talk about Wild Wild Country, right? Like everybody yeah. watched it. We were all like, I think, affected in like maybe different ways, maybe some ways the same. And uh, I thought we thought it'd be interesting to to do a podcast about it. Uh, so, uh, get the ball rolling, somebody. <laughs> like, All right. So f- I guess off jump initial thoughts. There you go. What was your, your initial, and Annie, I, I feel like I kind of know because you're the one who made me want to watch Wild Wild Country. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like Annie came in one day and was like, oh my God, you have to watch this crazy <laughs> shit. So uh, Sheila forever. <laughs> I think we're all, yeah. you know, team I Sheila. I already saw a Tough Titties t-shirt. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. She needs to have like a renaissance, like I, an icon renaissance. Like she is an icon. She, it's so crazy because like you were telling me about Sheila before I had even watched anything. Annie was going on and on. She was like, oh my God, she's amazing. I would have been part of the cult. I believe, you know, just, <laughs> uh, and so I was like, all right, I, I got to see this. And when I first started it, I didn't realize, I thought it was like all this like archival footage of her. I didn't realize they were actually interviewing her for the piece. So when I saw she was going to be a part of the whole thing, I was like, this is incredible. Like she basically ran the thing and, 
you know, you have all of her insight into it, whether it be one sided or not. It's still like awesome to have this point of view. It was crazy. And she is. Yeah, no, I'm team Sheila. Yeah. I find myself defending it a lot. Know, right? I'm like, yeah, they tried to poison people, but you know. <laughs> Whatever. Some people got to go down <laughs> for the greater good. <laughs> no. this, this, this podcast is taking a really dark turn. <laughs> very quickly. But, uh, but I'm like very intrigued by it too <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> so, Chloe, what, were, what was your like initial reaction to Wild oh, Wild Country? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I live for the drama. Uh, so <laughs> That's what we like to I, hear here on the oh, 8 a.m. Yeah. shift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I um, I don't know. I thought that it was all going to come to a crescendo with the poison. Like they in the trailer, they teased it, and I was like, crime drama. And then they got <laughs> like halfway through the show, and they had already hit like the attempted murder. Right, like all this crazy yeah. stuff yeah. happened. Yeah. Right? And so that like it, it really didn't follow the typical progression. Right. Really. Then it was like, for three more episodes, they're like, well, some <laughs> other stuff happened. <laughs> that poisoning stuff happened a while ago, but uh, I guess but we're we just going to keep hanging out. Kept going on. Right? Yeah. It was, yeah, it was crazy because I, I kind of had the same reaction. I was like, I was expecting that to come later as well. So like when it happened, I was kind of like, so where's this going to go now? Right, right. And then like all the legal stuff starts happening. And that's even like mind blowing in and of itself because it's like, like, the like, the 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 government at least like you know the state did a lot of illegal shit to like try to yeah. keep them down themselves which uh, it was kind of like like you shouldn't be poisoning people right but i was kind of like their hand was forced a little bit you know what i'm saying so yeah you feel kind of sympathetic weird. for them yeah, yeah yeah even though i mean they were poisoning <laughs> 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 but, but yeah i mean i'm like a true crime Once again, addict. a really dark turn yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i definitely respected sheila's no nonsense um power woman attitude but right. i couldn't really get behind the poisoning <laughs> you can't i have to be honest poisoning. with you <laughs> I, 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 part my brain wants to be like well the poisoning happened after their hand was forced you know like she had to do it but you can't you can't she should yeah, <laughs> but, no, yeah. and it's funny because like the intro so like if you haven't watched the 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 um series or the docuseries uh one one spoiler warnings we're like talking about it, but two um i thought it was like super clever that she brought all of these like homeless people from la i thought it was like well one now they're giving them a place but then two like her agenda was i'm gonna get all these votes i was like wow that's like a crazy power move i loved and it then, i was looking for it and then she went ahead with a poison <laughs> Yeah, I was like, yeah. you messed it up, Sheila. Well, yeah. they, were like, they were really fulfilling my utopian fantasy totally. where they were rehousing homeless people. And then they just drop in for a second that they were like sedating them without consent. <laughs> I know. I was that like, was, oh, no, that was right, 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 I right, actually right, right, cared right. more about what they were doing to the homeless people yeah. than right, like, yeah, the yeah. overall poisoning plot. Well, it, yeah, because like the poisoning with the water was one thing. Yeah, yeah like the town's water or yeah, the city's salad water. salad bar. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was a salad bar. Yeah. Jesus, there was like all kinds. I feel like because yeah. there was something where they tried to put like a dead cow in the water. Or oh, yeah. the beavers. The beavers. Right, right. But that's a Which, rumor. It was never confirmed that yeah, they actually right, did right. that. I'm right. going to say here, I'm going to confirm the rumor. It's just a super dope <laughs> idea. I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> Beavers are notorious. Yeah, but they were sedating the homeless people, I guess, because they felt like they, people were getting out of hand. I mean, they you basically took, like, a bunch of people who were homeless for various reasons. Right. A lot of people are homeless because of their mental health. Right, yeah. And you're, like, putting them in this environment and, like, yay, it's great. They're going to be healed now. Like, there's no follow-up. 
they just live there now. Right, right. Yeah. They're just here. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Right, right. So they were like, oh, they're destructive or they're sh- disruptive. They're right. causing all this trouble. And then they were like, well, let's just sedate them, which is basically like what the state does to people mm-hmm. like that anyway. So it's basically just replicating like, <laughs> exactly. a carceral model. And the funny thing is that she didn't even decide to do that until like that guy tried to attack her or something. Right? Like right. somebody tried to choke no, her. No, no, it, it was before. Was like, it? They started kicking people out after that attack. Like that was when they right. started just dropping people off on benches everywhere. <laughs> but like <laughs> right, way before right, right. that, they were doping. That's the beer, right. I forgot about which that. I was like, wait, we didn't. We barely talked about this. <laughs> I was like, yeah, wait, was let's go back. Rewind, 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 rewind. Um. So yeah, no, it's crazy. So like, there's a whole. I mean, you you could probably talk to this because there's like. A huge like social like uh, political like element to this thing where it's like how they were basically playing by the books for from the beginning they start they were playing by the books right they bought this land legally they uh legally tried to turn it into a city and then it was i think probably mostly because of racism that like people decided to like say well hey i don't know if i mean obviously there was also like you know People saw that movie that was made about them, and they were like, "This is this crazy right, sex right, cult." Right. But <laughs> I saw that movie, and I was like, "Oh, that looks kind of fun." Can I do that <laughs> in Brooklyn? I mean, they look like they were having a ball. Like, I definitely don't want to be there, no. but they but they looked like they were having a lot of fun. The thing that got me about the movie was that like it went from like these people like screaming at each other, like "Get out!" I know, to, I loved like, it. Them <laughs> just like having sex. They're allowed. <laughs> my my girlfriend, right? My girlfriend was just like, "They're allowed to do that, though." Like. <laughs> They that's are, not illegal. I, I mean, they are. Yeah. Like, and I, that's why it's like, I feel like the state sort of took the wrong, they made the wrong move first. They were the ones who were like, we need to figure out a way to stop these people. But there's, since they're basically doing everything legally, we kind of have to take these illegal steps to like uh, keep them from being able to do what they right. want to do, basically. So, and I think uh, it started with. Uh, um, what happened? They tried to stop them from being able to do what they wanted to do on their own land, like basically. Yeah, I think what was it? They, they had. Well, it started with them buying up all the land of people around. It was started with their own ranch, right? Right. Then there was the area around it too, and people just started buying. They started buying legally buying up other people's property. Right, right, but they actually didn't force themselves into the yeah, town they didn't force until them. they were like, you can't do what you want on your own land. And I ba- I think it was basically... Right, yeah. and, but there were all these properties that were for sale anyway. I mean, like, the way that they kind of put it was that the town was already kind of falling apart. Right, yeah. yeah. And they were like, well... But what was crazy to me is, like, all of the residents are like, this is our land. You can't take our land. Meanwhile, you're living on native land. Right, exactly. Like, all of this stolen land. And I felt like there was this, like, weird undercurrent that wasn't really addressed, but was kind of, like, implied. Right. Of, like, these people who are so protective of their land, but it's not even really your exactly. land. Exactly. You just took it from someone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think this documentary should be taught in every political science class in America. You know, I don't care how biased the the slant is because like, they actually think i think they do paint a, paint a good do a good job painting both sides you they know do. um because yeah. like, as I, I remarked in a previous podcast like my whole thing is i'm watching this i'm watching this i'm like who are like the good guys in this who are like the good guys like i mean literally you took like they really, literally went from a bunch of like hippies to being labeled a cult to being an armed militia to being i don't know like entrepreneurs slash like they were capitalists. Like capitalists, yeah. right. Straight Slash up capitalists, like, yeah. um, 
a terrorist, bioterrorist, bio right? To be like, you <laughs> it's know. It's crazy, man. And, and the crazy thing is, like, what did the government get them over? It wasn't taxes. Wasn't like wasn't firearms immigration fraud exactly that's what they that's what they got them over was immigration fraud right and that's what I mean where it's like if you if you use this as like an allegory because it's another one of those um examples in history you can use it as an allegory for like every other like fucked up thing you can think of in history you know and even and and even right from jump you start seeing those like um those mutated American values like right when the townspeople are like yo this is our land this is our property you know like you know this is gonna be like it's gonna be like red dawn you know it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be a bunch of people in um like dickies dickies flannels and uh and some overalls like with with uh you know m4s just like yeah this is our land we cannot let our land get in the hands of these these uh these nut jobs you right know? but i love how like the nut jobs i'm doing air nut quotes jobs, here <laughs> uh, i love how they were just like invaders. all right we'll arm ourselves you know we'll we'll we're gonna go just as far as you guys are gonna go and it's like i it, Part of the thing that I think is shocking about the the, doc, the docu-series is that whenever you see something about, like, a cult or something that's, like, sort of has this, like, you know, like, they were, like, they had, they're part of the hippie movement and handle this. You think, oh, they're going to just lie down. And they didn't do that. It was, right. like, they armed themselves. They, they did what they had to do to keep on surviving. And I think that it was just, like, shocking to see that. And also, I, I was, like, how did I never hear about this? Like, it was crazy that I had never heard about any of it. I know this show was better than Walking Dead. <laughs> you know, yeah. were were either of you familiar with them beforehand? No, I asked my dad though because he is—he was born in the fifties and early fifties, so he was alive and right. uh, reading the news, and so he he thought I was talking about Waco. Uh, I feel like a lot like, of people. Oh, yeah, the yeah. One, maybe. <laughs> Waco series is also on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. Waco. Which I haven't watched it. yet. No, the Paramount channel yeah but it feels like we're kind of at this like political moment where like that stuff is becoming relevant again i mean i feel like maybe there's going to be this like move back to these communities like in the 60s and 70s where like people were sort of fracturing off into their own communities just because everything is so messed up now everybody yeah everybody wants to run and hide yeah exactly (laughs) i'm ready to join a commune i'm ready i'm ready i mean like you're watching can we say it here we're starting one now (laughs) (laughs) on the 8 a.m (laughs) well it's funny because like as you're watching it's like they actually succeed in creating like this like kind of like utopian socialist like commune and you're like thinking yourself like what's so bad about this like why if they could achieve it right how come like i don't know well, like, every other yeah. <laughs> like, i mean it, that's like it's like what happens in every community almost like it's the pressure of outside forces combined with like the fact that it's really hard to get tons of people on the same page right. like i was thinking about like lesbian separatism and like not only were like people outside forces like invading those communities but also people were fighting and there was all this like infighting and racism right. that was happening and like fucked up practices right, and like right. fractured off and it didn't work because it's hard to get a group of people on the same page yeah, with everything true. under like one so it's the classic yeah. like greek tragedy situation right where it's like the kingdom doesn't destroy itself from like the foreign enemy it's the kingdom destroys itself from the inside yeah right? yeah and like 
you know you have no problem i have no problem with them being like an armed militia but it's almost like once <laughs> i mean whatever the they like the i like the way this this podcast is going right now <laughs> I, oh. i've never had this convo with Danny ever. No, listen, exactly listen yeah. they, they were kind of forced into doing what they had to do right they were attacked and they so they took up arms and not that i'm necessarily going to say you know everybody should do that but I kind of understand you sure about why that, they Joe? did. <laughs> I kind of understand why they well, did. Well, but that's why everybody thinks like there's this misconception that the Black Panthers were like this violent group because they would arm themselves. Right. But it was defensive. It is funny we've we've we haven't mentioned this really on the podcast, but I know we talk about it. like the only reason like gun laws changed in in California, California because of the Black Panthers. They were like yeah. nobody cared until they saw a bunch of black guys with right, guns, and right. then they were like, "Oh, wait a minute, yeah, uh, we kind of got to change these laws now." Right, right but it was defensive. Is, it wasn't offensive. Of course, yeah. I mean, no, I, like, totally. I'm more sympathetic to Black Panthers because they were literally being killed. And oh I God, feel like yes. there was a, yeah, there was, like, yeah, less of a like a crucial. Necessity yeah, in totally. terms of right. how yeah. much they were arming themselves in that town, right. but, yeah. but as a uh, a Californian hippie pacifist <laughs> coming to the table, my like for some context, my mom once had us all watch the movie Avatar, like the blue people Avatar, <laughs> right, I know. because she was like, finally a movie just about nature, <laughs> and then there's at the end there's a battle. Like 20, 30 minutes of battle, she was so upset. <laughs> she was like, Guns in my movie? How dare they? She was so beside herself. So, that is the context that That's I'm funny. bringing to this table. Yeah, like, totally. guns in my utopian <laughs> socialist community? How yeah. dare they? I don't know. I'm kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Fuck like, that. I'm like, like going back to like. 16 year old me reading the anarchist cookbook I'm like yeah, fuck it they needed the guns but at the same time though like it never works out so yeah it's funny it's cause like guns may be going too far <laughs> you know poisoning <laughs> definitely too far but it's like it's like a homeland security officer's like dream right now right <laughs> yeah, I know right but if you if you look at just like so like I was like right they immediately got labeled a cult right that movie came out and they were like cult 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 but it's like Look at Scientology, right? Like nobody's but gone. Nobody after cares it. about that. But yeah. you know why? Because and and this is where part of me is like, because it's still run by like a, a lot of white people, yes, and like exactly. they happen to be run by you know dark skinned people. So he was immediately like, uh, well, hold on a minute, we have to slow them down. We have to we have to take them down. And it's like that's where I think it's an interesting way to look at this right. uh, at the docu series because yeah. it's mean, like why was it so important for them to stop the Rajneesh? But like there are other people who operated like with no no problem. Yeah, Nobody and they're ever way less in. capitalistic and militaristic than Scientology. Yeah, yeah so like Scientology is like literally trying to take pri- over. They have their own prison camp, <laughs> right? Like, exactly. It's not they're locking people in the dark, like yeah. on boats and shit. Like it's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean think... it's like endorsed. They have all this land between that and the free sex. Uh, I think they were they were kind of doomed. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know how well, great their consent was. Uh, on <laughs> the, the Rajneesh prom, yeah. Oh no, I just mean America really does not like a oh. message of liberal sex. Yeah, no. Oh yeah, so between, yeah. Oh yeah. I don't science. I don't know what Scientology's position on uh, like open relationships is, but uh, I'm pretty sure they don't care no, they, about anything except making money. Yeah, I think they have some. I feel like I saw <clears throat> Battlef- in, Battlefield Earth, man. 
<laughs> I mean, you can't uh, be you can't be gay in Scientology, right? No, I don't think. Oh, yeah, because so. I think I everybody hates either, us. Either, either in the documentary on HBO or like Leia Remini had that series for a little bit where she was I like, saw I, it. I read go, the book. I know you. <laughs> I know you <laughs> saw it. Love her. And there was a, this whole thing. They kind of touch on that where mm-hmm. like if people came out as like openly gay, they would try to suppress it. Mm. And I think that's kind of what happened with some actors who we've heard some stuff about. But if they're Scientologists, it's kind of swept under the rug because right. they don't really want it to come out. So. Well, which kind of brings me to the point I was going to bring up was, was queerness okay at Rajneesh Puram? I mean, you hear, I think it was. I think it was. But they, they didn't really talk about it except for the one time there was that guy who was like, if you want to see queers... Go over there. You oh, that's that? right. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, the, yeah. girls kissing girls and the dudes too. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like towards the end, maybe middle yeah, to the yeah, end. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and they that didn't was really that, talk wasn't about. Wasn't it. he like in it? Like yes. he was part of it. He was were, one of the homeless. They were people. kicking him out. Yeah. And, yeah, and then he, yeah. yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, I don't think they had an issue with. It. They were just like anything goes. I think right. when it came to sex, like they didn't really care. Which, which is also super threatening for people. Oh yeah, that, yeah. Well, that I think yeah. that's what scared everybody in yeah. Antelope. Right. <laughs> they were Between being brown, being into sex, and being queer, it was like they, they just handle. doomed in America. Right? Yeah, yeah, dead. Yeah. Those yeah. Scientologists. I know. I want to join. Like, I mean, and that's kind of. But that's kind of what. So, like you know, you were talking before about how it sort of like tries to show you both sides, and 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 yes, at some point you're like, who's the bad guy in this thing? But also like. I didn't found myself most of the time not really feeling bad for some of the townspeople because I was just like, you kind of coming off as racist. They were really racist. Or, yeah. yeah, especially the guy whose dad like owned Nike. Like that I know. was crazy. Uh, I know that made you. Like, I saw. I was watching this. Like, damn, do I really love Nike that much? Yeah, <laughs> like, my girlfriend like, said the same thing. She was like, I'm never buying Nike again. Yeah, yeah I was like, I'm watching this, and I'm like, I was like, this guy's like on his ranch, like spying on them and shit. Yeah. I'm like, this is crazy. But you know what? On the low, I feel like they they kind of like see the thing that got to me. And I, spoiler alert, but real talk, if you you know Wikipedia this, it'll spoil everything for you. <laughs> it so, happened. It's so real. at the end, so at the end, right? There's like this monument they create on like I guess like a it was like a deer or something or it was like a statue right and there's like a plaque that's dedicated to the townspeople and this point in history from like 1981 to like 1986 right. or something like that right which is exactly the ending to Red Dawn right <laughs> it's exactly like the ending to Red Dawn and I don't know why I keep referencing Red Dawn but it was like the most I know why Jerry. I know why it was, it's it's, a, it's the biggest like NRA like love fest movie that you'll ever watch in your life right so. It, it's dedicated towards like the people that resisted like the the Rajneesh Purim right in this during this period of time right, and you start thinking about it for a second and it's like, yo, don't you get it like, this this quote unquote outside enemy, right, united all you guys and like defined your lives. You know what I mean? Like, if you were smart about it, you would have just fucking like, you know, found a way to live with them even though you didn't necessarily like, you know, agreed with their lifestyle if you will. You know what it I mean? It wouldn't be the big thing that it is right if you had just kind of been gone along with right it. right, right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that, that bugs me out is how much like they they all have like this very these are all old people right too these are all senior citizens that have like very vivid memories of like this period in their life right it was so exciting for them it, it was and that's yeah. what i'm saying like you know, i feel like they loved every minute of it and, like now on camera they have to be like oh yeah it was the worst time was right. 
please come back. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it made them relevant. I could tell right, you who exactly. definitely loved it. That like one weird guy who yeah, had like the posters and with the shit overalls and like the photos in his house. I could yeah. tell he was li- oh, yeah. he was living for it. Yeah. Oh, he loved oh, yeah. every minute. Yeah. Of it. He's got a museum. He's got a, he's got a museum dedicated to this period of his life. Like yeah, he, he was yeah. the only guy that like stayed in like um you know he was uh, in, like the the town. One of the town politicians. He was yeah. like, it was like all Rajneesh and him. Yeah, <laughs> he was just yeah. like chilling with him. Yeah. You could tell he just loved it. There's like that picture of him sitting with him, and he's just kind of like, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> he probably secretly wanted to join. Oh, of course, he yeah. probably did join. <laughs> That's the thing we don't know. <laughs> uh, Sheila's just probably like that guy. <laughs> I feel like they're gonna have like the the um, what what do they call it? Well, the Rajneesh, but like soon soon yet. Sin- oh, sannyasin. Yeah, sannyasin. Yeah. I feel like sannyasism is going to have a renaissance now because of this documentary. Are you bringing it back in? I, I, <laughs> all I'm saying is I saw a bunch of people in maroon clothes the other day, <laughs> and I was like, is this happening? Oh, man. So you're suggesting people are going to start cosplaying as uh, sannyasin? <laughs> I just Can think it's going to have a moment. It's going to be a Halloween costume. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. People are just going to be confused. They're going to be like, is it happening? Did they come back? So many memes, too. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. is on drugs. She is on hard <laughs> drugs. When, <laughs> do you think that Sheila and the Bhagwan were like having Getting a thing? Down? I think she. It's. I think something had to happen between them, and then she was just like, "I don't want anybody else messing with this dude." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because she was just. There were people like she had people like kicked out who got too close to him. Right. right. But the Bhagwan, he was like, I have to say, mate. Like after Sheila fled. And took her uh, like the people who were closest with her. He came off as a real punk man. I just <laughs> Sheila was the heart. Exactly, of it. you could just it, tell it like really she her. was the reason. It was really her, and she kind of elevated his teachings. I mean, if you right. read them, they're not really that. But like, yeah, he just came out and he was like. Oh, she she wanted to sleep with me, and I didn't want to do that, so that's why she got mad at me. Oh, and he was like and cursing she, yeah. and like calling her name. And I was he was like, like, "She's a bitch." It, like, yeah, it's like as soon as that happened, I was like, "She was the re- she was the one." I mean, you could tell from the beginning, but definitely, like, she was the one doing this all. Like, she made all of that happen. Yeah, like, he didn't really come off as like a higher right, yeah, consciousness yeah. person. Yeah, I yeah. was so confused by that because that was most of the talking that we heard from him was at the very end right. when he was shit talking. Yeah. Exactly. Her. He was quiet silent. the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand how you can be a leader for four years of silence. Like, what was he doing? Was he taking a nap? Like, what? <laughs> eating a snack? It Where sounds was like he, he was just like he was on drugs. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, like the Hollywood crew came in and he was like <laughs> yeah, doing was drugs crying. and he had like 20 Rolls Royces. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's just like, I'm going to be stoned for four years, guys. You yeah, go, go I'm pretty sure he was just doing whatever he wanted. Yeah, but then she was like, a businesswoman spokesperson, but not a religious leader. But she was like the heart of the exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was really fascinated when every when like that splinter group still followed her as if she was a religious. Oh my god! Leader it was like later. a right. weird like vestal virgins yeah, cult yeah, yeah. around her, like all these women. And I feel like the uh, I'm not gonna remember her name. But I love <laughs> you're yeah. like this is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it was dope. It was yeah. great. They all they were in Germany or something. Yes. Like yeah. Um. The the Australian lady, which I can't remember her name, if yeah. Honest, but uh, her 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 angle's really like crazy, like with her kids and stuff like yeah. that. But I feel like had Sheila not really asked her to to kill anybody, she would have like just stuck it out like completely yes. with Sheila. I think that's the thing that kind of turned her because she just couldn't get over the fact that like she almost like assassinated somebody. But 
Which, uh, I mean, rightfully so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when Sheila says, like, at the beginning, she was like, an opera, you know, has great tragedy and great joy. Right. And, like, this is an opera. And you, you at the end, you're like, it really is. Yeah, I know. Like, all of this murder. Like, she's asking her trusted person yeah, to, like, yeah, kill yeah. someone. It's just so theatrical. Oh, it's yeah. Like, I know, I know. Yeah, I, I know. you can't believe it really <laughs> happened. <laughs> we got a high five here. We got yeah. a high five. No, it's, it's like, you know, like, 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 I was just so ensconced in it because it was just like the world they created in this, you know, like, you know, I watched The Godfather, you know, I mean, like, I watched The Godfather, <laughs> and I'm watching this, and I'm like, yo, the fact that they went from like, like I said, they went from a bunch of hippies to like The Godfather. I'm like, this shit's fucking amazing. Like, <laughs> like, this should be a fucking like AMC series or something, you know. Um, I'm not, I would not be surprised if this does. If it gets fictionalized, it. Yeah, 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 it's gotta happen at some point. Oh, who would play Sheila? Oh, that's a great oh, question. Yeah. Oh, a great oh man, question. we're ha- we're having like fantasy casting right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like Josh Brolin will be that like douche lawyer. <laughs> oh my god, he was <laughs> such a dude. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 He uh, was like the John Ham. Uh, yeah, like, that's who he reminds me. John Hamm. Yeah. <laughs> Forget Josh Brolin. John Hamm. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that, that's actually... Uh, I feel like that. this could be like an FX or like Netflix. Yeah. Like. FX. <laughs> yeah. Jordan's like, it's gotta be it's Gotta be an FX. Uh, I mean, they brought in all of these kind of people who were familiar with like how to manipulate capitalism right. in their favor. Like, they did that on purpose. Yeah, no, they brought them in smart. and they used their skills. But again, that was like all Sheila. Like, right. she was the one who was like, all right, we need these people, right? We need architects. We need, you know, lawyers, what have you. And she built that whole thing. And it was like, I don't know. I'm forgetting. The Bhagwan was, he was just like, a punk figurehead. <laughs> I mean, me, I think like. she, ma- it's almost, she like kind of made him out to be more than he was almost. But I feel like she genuinely felt the way she felt I about do too, him. Yeah. But in, in feeling the way she did, she built this empire. Like she did it for him, but she was the one who did it. He didn't do anything. Like, and just like I said, when he came out and he was like, you know, like, oh, she want to sleep with me, and that's why this X, Y, and Z happened. I want to be like, yo, how dare you talk this about Sheila that I way? I know, Sheila, look at what she did for you. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was After like... all she did. I know. Talk. It was crazy. I don't know. I thought she had a really interesting choice of words right at the beginning before we knew anything, where she talked about... Um, being groomed for the position. Yeah. Oh my god, that was weird. Oh, okay. You were sixteen. This older man came in, and you just followed. Like, that's some. Um, what was up like, with that? Which also explains why she would be so loyal to him. Right? What yeah. was up with that though? They I didn't really. And it was like dad? her dad who yeah. brought her. Yeah, and they didn't crazy. really go into it. I yeah. thought that we were really gonna get a lot of backstory on the Bogwan, like what his life was like before he. We don't know anything about him. Yeah, this figurehead. And I. I that was definitely a choice. And yeah. I, don't, I, I feel like it's a choice, but I feel like it's probably pretty hard to like, I feel like not a lot of people know about his background. That's yeah. the thing. It's, I tried to read about him and there wasn't that much. Right. Um, but what was he doing where they were like grooming a 16 year old girl to like be like, what was, where did his, where did her dad find this guy? Right. Yeah, that whole, exactly. like the whole scene in the beginning when she's describing, like she, he brought me into this apartment and, I met the Bogwan at 16 and I was like in awe of him and my dad was like, you're going to be whatever. And I was like... It was like biblical. Yeah, I was like, what is happening? Like, why is he bringing his daughter to this guy? Like, what is going on? Yeah. But, I mean... It was, they didn't get into it at all and it was very bizarre. Yeah. And it was like, what was actually happening there? Yeah. Like, and why her? 
know? Uh, that's another thing. It's like, yeah, why why was she the one who was selected? I mean, it was a good move. <laughs> she, right. You know, she was, she knew what she was doing, but. And then I guess she went to New York and she got. She came she, to Jersey. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. went to New Jersey. She yeah. got married to that guy. Yeah. And then they went back. Yeah, would you get a brief moment? Right, she kind of always knew that this was her position. Right. Yeah, it was super biblical to me. Yeah, yeah. It's meant to be. It's crazy. Yeah. I want a prequel. Wild yeah. wild country. <laughs> Where was the Bagua? <laughs> Can you just picture this as like a Ryan Murphy series? Oh, where yeah, like they yeah, have yeah. the backstory of like the Bagwan and him growing up. And like <laughs> I could just see him doing that. He's so crazy. <laughs> like if you watched American Crime Story, the Andrew Kunana yeah, yeah. things, like so many so much of that is fabricated because nobody was there. Exactly. Nobody so knows I could just imagine on. him doing that. Yeah. He's just that. like uh, you know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All the girls wanted me. But yeah. <laughs> Just like that moment of <laughs> Sheila meeting him. And I was kind of like really impressed by her loyalty and her love for him. It was like instant from yeah. the way she described yeah. it. She was yeah. just like, and even now, like after all that happened, remember when she like points to the picture of him on the airplane and she's like, look at him with all his like bling. And <laughs> she <laughs> loved the, I was like, she loved his bling yeah, and like she wanted that for him. Yeah. And it was it was very interesting. It was actually from like that point, which is very early on, when she shows him on the plane and he's got like all the watches and jewelry that I was like, sums up with this guy. Right. Like, this is weird. This I is couldn't even figure out what they stood for as an organization <laughs> by like an episode in. Like they started as like kind of anti hierarchical pacifists who meditate, but and he was like no fascism, no capitalism, like take down the man. We're going to dance around and like <laughs> yell. I mean, it was like, like every other hippie-ish. They, right. But they were like then, all over the place. It was yeah. kind of like. But then he's like this mega like like music star, like rock star figure. Right, yeah, and yeah. then then the Rolls Royces and all that. Like, <sighs> we had I like 20 even, Rolls Royces. <laughs> like I, I had no idea what his, because we see so little of him speaking. I was like, what is he saying to these people that then we get to his 19 Rolls Royces? And I like, mean, people were like <laughs> enthralled. Yeah. And it, you know, you try to, it, it also I think probably was like a cultural moment. Like that was happening a lot. Right. Like during the 60s and 70s where people were like following people and, you know, but yeah, it, no, it happened. It definitely, yeah. especially in in America, people well, were I, just kind of like gra- it was like right after Vietnam or like during. People were just like grasping at anything. Yeah, and, and people, like, a lot of people were also to going to India me. to like yeah. find themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they also capitalized on the fact that all of these like Europeans and Westerners yeah. were like going yeah. to India. They were like, "There's money here. There's money yeah. to be made." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, yeah. And I thought the downfall was either going to be like some money laundering thing. Or because instantly Taxes. I Taxes. thought Taxes. that, Taxes. yeah. Or you know what? El- what else ruins so many good movements is like In- sexual assault allegations, yeah. right? And like yeah. All of that stuff. Internal was, fighting. Yeah, and I was really surprised that there was Power no struggles. kind of just discussion of like bad sexual boundaries. That I actually thought that happened. that was going to be like a big part. Yeah, of it. yeah, yeah me too. Me like too. He was just like you know, because I think really how Christians, like, how Christians have suffered like allegations. Like oh, have they? Yeah, I wasn't aware. Of I'm pretty sure, like, was it Mormons also have you know Mormons for sure? Oh, for oh yeah, sure. yeah. 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 It's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so I thought that was going to be a thing. I mean, they're talking about free love, and yeah, I'm all for it. But at the same time, it's like you, there's no sort of discussion of like 
um, trauma or like consent or right. anything yeah. like that. So I was like, where is this going? You know? Yeah, it's funny because nobody actually came out and said anything like really bad happened, but I can't see how it. Well, then again, it's like, you know, maybe they didn't, that wasn't the angle they wanted to take or like it just wasn't, they didn't, they didn't have enough people. Maybe the people that they interviewed didn't experience that, right, but I'm right. sure that it had to be going on. There was just yeah, so for many sure. people. It was, it was, it was, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of people. Yeah. 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 They were trying to build a city for Christ's sake. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. I, f I also felt like his ending was like a little, I mean, it was great for like the, the docuseries, but like, I was kind of like, man, like, you lost fuel in your jet, dude. Like, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You're the Bogwan, you got like 20 Rolls Royces, and your jet runs out of fuel. By the fuel end of his life, you had like 90 Rolls Royces. Yeah, but like, it, remember, like, how he was caught. He had to like land in like yeah. Pennsylvania or something right, like right. that. Yeah. And it was like, you couldn't make so it out of the country, dude. I was yeah. like, come on. Well, that's what I was saying earlier is like, by three episodes in, it's the poisoning, and then we get to like five episodes. And they're like, it's going to be a shootout, Waco style, like it's going to go down. Right. And then they peacefully go into this, like the town and the right, yeah, yeah. jet yeah, out of fuel and he's hiding behind a chair. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's right. He's yeah. hiding behind the chair. Yeah, as I'm hearing Chloe, I'm like, I got a podcast with you more. You're all into like, you know, like Hell's Angels and uh, <laughs> like shootouts at the end of like religious cults. I'm like, I'm down for it, yo. I'm totally oh, yeah. down for it. Well, you know, it's funny that um, that lawyer for them, right? It was interesting with him was that I don't know if anyone here watched Mad Men or watched the ending of Mad Men. Oh yeah. All right. Um, I have not seen it. But all right. Well, feel free. if Go you ahead. for anyone listening, if you know the ending to to Mad Men, then you'll know what I'm referencing because uh, what happens to Don Draper at the end is eerily similar, eerily similar yeah. to what happens to the guy who's the lawyer, where he like. like it's hard for me to talk. Sorry, to go for it, man. Right. Don't worry. But uh, spoiler <laughs> alert, right? Spoiler alert for 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 Mad Men a little bit, right? <laughs> but, right, right. So but I'm the, like, just go for yeah. it. I know, right? But the lawyer from in uh, for the for the Sanyasins, right? He was originally a corporate lawyer. Didn't find it very fulfilling, right? Then he ends up going, to finding this religion, going to India, finding himself, and then he wants to commit his life to it, you know? So it was like eerily familiar to like the other, like to the the story arc um, in in Mad Men, just in the sense that it was about essentially like an ad guy who finds himself, right? But this was this was the trend at the time, you know what I mean? Like exactly. religion, religion, and especially in Mad Men, kind of has like this like overshadowing or like this foreshadowing yeah, in, throughout all the series. Of these people who were men who were like filtered into this life honorable, like honorable white men and yeah like they were like this is not fulfilling right you know? and they started to join these cults and at yeah. the end of mad men spoiler john john draper is like at a retreat in california right. and he's meditating and all of a sudden it fades out and you see the i like to give the world a coke <laughs> and you're supposed to feel like oh that was him like right. he made that ad and he was inspired by this like hippie lifestyle yeah. yeah so a lot of people think it was like a weak ending i think it was kind of cool but Thanks for ruining that for me Annie. Yeah. No. <laughs> but that's kind of what happened right yeah, like they brought it <laughs> to it yeah yeah, yeah. Sounds like Chloe wanted the Breaking Bad ending, though. Another AMC classic. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I actually didn't finish Breaking Bad, but I know what happens. Uh, um, well, even the whole bioterror attack, they're like, yeah, they had like their own like uh, laboratory on like their... Yeah, that was a crazy <laughs> thing. They were like, <laughs> what's like, in those trailers? Yeah, like you're Never watched Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh, that's oh. good. But it's fine. 
it's old. You can spoil it. Leave now. Andy. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, but it's well. It's funny because it does go it literally go from like okay, they're armed militia. Oh, now they're like creating like viruses on like their like on their compound. On their compound. Yeah. Like, you yeah know. That was. It was a lot. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> um, it's a little clever. I'm just saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really dark turn. <laughs> really dark turn. I don't know if I wanted there to be a Breaking Bad ending, but I was definitely surprised that there wasn't. But yeah, by <laughs> yeah. the by the time that the Bogon was hiding behind an airplane chair, right. it was a it was more of a twist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds yeah. like he had a rough time in prison though. I was like, God damn. Were yeah, some bad yeah. stuff to him because yeah. like by the time they like let him out, he was like, "Get me out of this country! I'm never coming back." And I was like, "Yikes!" Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that out there. Uh, so uh, thanks guys for coming on. Um, Annie, Chloe, um, anything else? Listen no? to my podcast too when it comes out. Oh, uh, it's not out right now. Give us the give us the podcast. Um, it's for Posture Magazine, which is an LGBT art magazine. We're releasing it next month. And I interview queer artists in various mediums, visual art, music. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, where can we where can we find it? So follow Posture Mag on Instagram. You can subscribe to their newsletter and they'll send you an email. Oh, nice. When it's out. Dope. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, that's it. I that's guess. It. Uh, let's see. See you in another segment. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks.